Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Welcome back to Little Cuts, the final Little Cuts of the year. <laughs> it's our weekly mini-soda. We dig into the things that we've been uh, watching recently, I believe. I'm Terry. And I'm Mary Beth. And buckle up, because this week we are talking a sad true story, girl gangs, uh, kids are fucked up, uh, a twist yeah. on the horror western, a cute animated movie, a gnarly revenge thriller, and a new era for Chucky. We got a lot. I know. I don't know about you, but I have been watching so... I'm trying to catch up because they're doing end of year lists and recordings and I've been trying to cram in as many movies as possible before like this week. Yeah, I had all the intents of doing that and then I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that though. It's it's been um, been a a weekend. Uh, You know, it was the holiday weekend. Things just, I don't know. I was not feeling great most of the weekend. I'm still not feeling the best. And so I just have not really had any energy. So off the top, I do apologize patrons because I did not get into my backlog this week, but that means that next week I will be watching Threads. Wait, can I, I should watch it with you because my brother got me Threads for Christmas. He got me the Blu-ray. I I didn't even ask for it, but he was like, so I've heard like this movie is really fucked up. And so I thought I should get it for you. And I was like, I've never been more proud to call you my brother. Seriously. I'll watch it with you. Okay, awesome. There you go, Tony. We're both watching it. I figured if you're going to have to suffer through it, I might as well, too. It's a good, it's a little coincidence, so. That is, that is huge coincidence, because <laughs> uh, I meant to watch it this weekend, and I just. <laughs> Did you not want to spend your holiday weekend watching Threads? Well, you know, no, Nordic but here's also the thing. Like, uh, I mean, this might be a good time to to say, you know, our Fresh Wounds episode for January is the orphanage so i watched that cried watch this other movie that i was get that i'm going to talk about today cried and i was like i don't know if i have it in me to watch threads after these two movies so i was like 
just going to put that on the back burner for another week. You're a better person than I, because I'd be like, all right, let's just keep on rolling. Let's just keep on rolling. So good for you for the self-care. So then, okay, let's, that's a good little transition into tell me about the um, sad true story. So, you know, it's really weird when you grow up. Well, I mean, I don't even know if I grew up, but like in my, like maybe 20s, I would say, you know, you're reading stuff by Michael Asiello, Asiello, Asiello on Entertainment Weekly. And he's like an entertainment journalist. And then you find out that he wrote a memoir called Spoiler Alert. And it's about his life with his boyfriend slash husband who ends up having cancer and dying. Oh, this one. Oh, no. Yeah. Wasn't probably the best choice also, considering that I did lose a friend to cancer in October. Uh, so this one hit really close to home a little bit, and it made me ball like a little baby. But this is Michael Showalter's new movie, based on the memoir by Michael Asiello, and starring Jim Parsons as Michael, and Ben Aldridge, who is a cutie patootie, as Kit, his uh, boyfriend slash husband slash doomed paramour. It, uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of chronicles their relationship. Uh, I was a little, I was a little dubious because when you are basing it off of a, off of a uh, memoir and the memoirist is a producer for the movie, I was wondering like how sugarcoated the relationship would be uh, Okay. because, uh, but I, I will say that it's not because the, their relationship was very com- complicated, a lot of love, but also a lot of anger between the two of them and a lot of uh, problems. So it's not like this sugar-coated, uh, starry-eyed story that ends in tragedy. It is a more complicated tale of two people oh. who love each other, but also struggle to be with each other. And then on top of that, having to deal with um, a cancer diagnosis. And the thought that uh, Michael's parent, his his mom, had passed away from cancer as well. So there's like a lot going on in this movie. And it is, it's funny. It's but it's and it's sweet, but it's also incredibly, incredibly sad, particularly as we get to the last, I would say, 40 minutes of the movie it is very hard to watch. <laughs> yeah, that was a choice that I made this weekend, but it was good. I enjoyed it. Where did you watch that? Is it streaming somewhere? It's streaming now. It's they they put it out on VOD, VOD to yeah, right. rent rent or buy this last week. Is it a Christmas movie? Uh, sort of. I mean... It's I like, didn't think it was a Christmas movie. Well, I mean, the poster has them underneath the Christmas tree. And oh, there like, it is. It does. Okay. That makes me feel better. I was like, why the fuck did I think that was a Christmas movie? I mean, it does sort of feature Christmas in it, and that's probably why they released it around this time. Uh, uh, I think a lot of the marketing okay. might have to do that. Yeah, it's uh, it's about m- many years in their very tumultuous relationship, but uh, it was good. It was... It's, if you like sad movies, <laughs> you want to cry, this is one for you. Don't tempt me. <laughs> so that was uh, my really sad, true story. Spoiler alert. Cool. So you watched that in the orphanage. You were really having a good time. Really you having a good time. You didn't want to top that off with <laughs> You know, I was wow. thinking, no, I, probably not. That's a good call. That's a good uh, call. But let's, let's uh, swing wildly from that, I'm assuming, and talk about girl gangs. Girl gangs. Okay, so I finally watched Medusa. That came okay. out this year, directed by Anita Rocha de Silveri- Rocha da Silveira. Pardon me. She's Brazilian director. This is a Brazilian horror film where a kind of like a super fundamentalist Christian cult basically rules the city or part of Brazil. There's like a whole vigilante, it's a vigilante girl group who see themselves as the, pur- the puritanical kind of like enforcers of the rules of Christianity. And so they wear these masks and go out and, and jump 
women who they believe are sinners. And so this movie focuses on one of these members of this. Um, the group is called Michelle and the Treasure and the Treasures, and they're like these like virginal white outfits, sing these kitschy like puritanical pop songs. Like it's this whole movie is very weird. Like I know that liminal is kind of like the word of the year, but it feels like that. It's got this like it feels kind of like near future e, but also has that kind of weird retro vibe it's very colorful like very pink it's very knives and skin okay got like kind of that aesthetic to it Mm -hmm. and it follows one of the members of the group who gets a scar on her face and now that she is no longer like the image of perfection she kind of starts realizing that the religion she is a part of is terrible and it is very trippy and weird. And it's definitely another one of those like vibe heavy movies where you're like, I'm not like totally sure what's going on, but I like what I'm looking at. And it's really well shot and the performances are great. So okay. I'm just along for the ride. It felt, yeah. and so I say that, and it's so that it reminded me a lot of a Giallo in that oh, kind of okay. way, but also in the way it's shot in terms of the colors and the use of score. It has a very Giallo vibe. So it's, it's fucking wild it's incredible i couldn't really tell you how it ended but i had a really good time watching it and this is definitely one that i think kind of fell under the radar it came out at tiff in 2021 i believe it came out wide this year but i don't think many people watched it and i think i think k really likes this one k think... yes that was one that k yeah. that's why i prioritized it because i think it's it was k it one of if not the top movie for k Kay Lynch of Salem Horror Fest this year. I can see why she thought that. Um, so I highly recommend it for anyone looking for a kind of weird girl power, girl gang, strange girls being violent for God kind of movie. Oh, it also involves a woman, uh, an actress who went missing, who they think is in a coma in the basement of a hospital. And so it gets like Silent Hill-y because she's like oh. trying to find a woman with a burned face oh, who yeah. like kind of becomes like a projection of her own desires to burst out of like patriarchal norms. It's in- it's incredible. It's fucking incredible. It's so weird. <laughs> you have to watch it. So that's um, Medusa. Yeah, it's been on my list. I've been meaning to give that one a shot, uh, particularly because I remember Kay really enjoying it, but I just I have not yet. So I'm glad to hear it's wild and good and and weird. <laughs> yeah, I decided to spend my hot like my Christmas weekend. If you look at my letterbox, like the things I watched that like over the weekend, <laughs> incredible. It's, it was just like, why not? Let's just fucking go for it. But um, <laughs> speaking of girl gangs, the uh, the kids are fucked up. This could be anything. I really. I, I... <laughs> Yeah, I I know you've seen this one. This is I this was my my attempt to start catching up on movies that I had not seen this year. I watched The Innocents. <laughs> by what did you think? Eskil Vogt? Vogt? Eskil Vogt is what he told Vogt. me. Okay. Vogt. <laughs> you know, fucked <laughs> up. You know, you think <laughs> If you ever think you want to have kids, maybe don't. I think this should be like a required viewing for any parent or any person that wants to become a parent. That the kids aren't all right, y'all. <laughs> this this uh, takes place um, in a bright Nordic summer where a group of children discover they have mysterious powers. And um, because 
children are shit, they start using it against each other. I, I'm going to put this up front. Their animal death warning. They, uh, there is a really gross death of a cat in this that made me almost want to turn off the movie. Yeah, I'm going bad. to be perfectly honest. And that was before the 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 superpower started to like show up. This is just cruelty on a on a cruel level. See, that's why I think this movie is such a standout because it doesn't just make. It makes the kids cruel. Like, mm-hmm. they, this movie doesn't try to sanitize and be like, look, they're just kids. It's what's like, no, these kids can do some shit. And then it, it establishes that before they have the power. So it's like, oh, no, these kids, no matter what was going to happen, they were always going to be, like, capable of doing some really horrific things to each other. And there's even the one girl who doesn't have powers who still puts glass in the shoes of her nonverbal sister. <laughs> like, it's brutal it's such it's a really, brutal movie it's it's incredibly brutal it's it's so good but it is 100 percent a movie that i'm like i just don't i don't think i ever need to see it again i will recommend yeah. it to people to see once but i don't know if i could experience it again so good for you vaught for uh making that happen because jesus christ turns out watching little kids kill each other um isn't fun (laughs) no (laughs) and this is of course the writer of thelma which sort of explored similar like tk supernatural type abilities and also the worst person in the world which i still have not seen but i want to (gasps) like this is my favorite thing about this director is he has like this incredible ability to create characters because worst person Mm. in the world so different like very grounded but like so I sobbed like a fucking baby. Like he's very mm. good at writing characters and getting you invested in characters. And it's really impressive. And that has kind of let him write across genre and yeah. still make really good, like consistently good stuff. It's really cool. So if you haven't like familiar with Eskil Vaught, he, the innocence is on shutter. It's on shutter. Mm-hmm. I watched on shutter. Yeah, and then watch Worst Person in the World for a complete uh, three, uh, three, a complete one eighty, and then get ready to cry for like two and a half hours. Sounds like a wonderful time. <laughs> no one else likes doing that. <laughs> hmm. I think I'm cried out over this weekend. Note to self: to talk to therapist about. <laughs> hey, you know, I'm not yuck at anyone's yum. Some, you know, some people really like sad things. What can you do? But yeah, so I did watch that to see if it would end up on my list. Uh, it's not going to, but it, it was a really good movie. We'll talk about this as nauseum later, but it is very hard to pick the best 10, like favorite 10 movies of the year. I'll, that's all I'll say for now. Right after this recording, we're going to we're gonna be doing that. And I'm, I'm not even sure I'm ready, but you know, <laughs> let's I go. Uh, okay, a twist on the horror Western. So I finally watched The Loom. Uh, Senegalese horror action western that came out um, earlier this year. It was playing a festival circuit for a while and then it hit mm-hmm. Shutter, and it is almost made my top 10. It okay. is so good. Everything. So, okay, before I jump into why I liked it, this follows three legendary merc- mercenaries who are extracting a Mexican drug lord out of Guinea Bissau. And 
when their plane runs out of fuel, they have to take refuge in a uh, region of Senegal called Saloum. And they get there, things kind of, the vibes are kind of weird, mm-hmm. but they just, you know, they're like, whatever's going on, we just need this like, a good place to stay until we can get some fuel to just get the fuck out of here. But the longer they stay, the more things kind of reveal themselves. And so the first half is kind of like, has that Western kind of a twist, like a Senegalese twist on the Western, and then it turns into more of a horror movie and a Western, like all tied together. Mm-hmm. And it's a really incredible mix of the two. And what is also so incredible about it is how stylized it is. So like the score yeah. is absolutely incredible. The performances, especially from the three, the three kind of like the three men at the center are incredible the way that they are styled is just like it's everything about it is just feels so much like a twist on what we think of as a western movie but put in a much more contemporary non-white perspective and it's just like the story it's also just really sad like it ends up being a revenge thriller and i won't spoil it but it's like heavy mm-hmm. and it it's talk about a movie if you want to watch and just be like oh bleak but it's still really well done. There's a lot of CGI at the end that isn't. It's a little like the budget shows a little bit with the CGI, yeah, but it does. I'd, have you? Oh, you've, oh, you've seen that. You saw mm-hmm. this a while ago, right? At mm-hmm. a festival. I saw this at a festival, and I can't remember yeah. which festival I saw it at, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the CGI kind of isn't great at the end, but it's I'm willing to forgive that for I think everything else. I really, really, really like this movie. Yeah, I need to give it another shot because um, I watched it in the middle of watching a whole bunch of um, festival movies. And I think that yeah. was to its detriment because um, it's it's not I don't know. I, I don't think it was what I was expecting. And I think I was just maybe burnt out at that point. Uh, yeah. So I need to like go in with fresh eyes because um, I remember loving the style. I remember loving the uh, the performances uh, not loving the CGI, but was forgiving it. But like, yeah, I need to I need to revisit that one. Yeah, I can see how it would kind of like, because it's it's a, it's slow. It's it's it like a slow. slow. It's a slow start, but I think it's a really interesting story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just so different than like it's like it takes what we're familiar with in terms of the western and the revenge story, but puts it in a much like in a again a Senegalese context that I'm glad we're getting in the horror genre. And it's mm-hmm. just so good. And the performances are incredible. And it's, I just was so glad I checked it out. And I think more people need to check it out. Again, this is another movie that kind of flew under the radar when it yeah. came out, but it's on it's Shutter. Shutter, right? Yeah, it is on Shutter. So, I mean, like another really awesome example of like, Hey, once we give filmmakers from other parts of the world, like access, you can see that horror filmmaking is really great fucking everywhere. So I think this is a really great example of that. And Shudder's done that a lot this year. In the last few years, but yes. like this year a lot. There's a yeah. lot of foreign horror that I think would fly under the radar otherwise. Yeah. And like, I don't, I think, there's no shade to Shudder. I think just because they have so many movies, it's hard for them to like push them all as hev- like so heavily. So it's like a, pr- it's like a, it's like a blessing and a curse. They have so many cool originals coming out, but like. That means you might not have the resources as much, you know. And I hope that doesn't that doesn't go away with what happened with Shutter. No. Like that would be so disappointing because again, like that's how so many people see these movies from like mm-hmm. just not on the U.S. I got sad for a second there, <laughs> but 
watch Saloon on Shudder, oh, yeah. please. And support Shudder. <laughs> uh, probably a very big swing to a cute animated movie. <laughs> yeah, so I needed something light and and, <laughs> and no frills uh, after uh, kind of the week that I that I had. So <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I watched the new Disney cartoon Strange World that got released on oh. to Disney Plus. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's cute. It's it's not the greatest. It's cute. It's about this this family of explorers named the the Clades, and uh, it opens up in like the past where this father he wants his son to be an explorer, and the the son wants to be a farmer, and thinks that like the future is in the place that they're living, whereas the father thinks that he needs to get past these mountains and see what's on the other side of their their small mountain enclosed town. That will be like his greatness, and his father ends up like leaving to go explore and leaves him behind because he wants to stay and be a farmer. And then it cuts to like years later where. Um, searcher the son is now a father and has his own family and they have this really cute three-legged dog that is adorable and they have the son who and this is why i wanted to bring it up the son is queer not like we're gonna wink and nudge it the son has a crush on another boy and gets flustered and talks about him with his parents and eventually his grandfather when they all meet back up and it is the most adorable thing to see. And it made my heart happy because this was like an actual queer character that was like treated as any other kind of character, little kid in love type kind of crush situation. And it was really adorable. Uh, the rest of the movie was pretty predictable. They end up having to go find, they end up having to leave because the power supply that they've been using to, to power their place is dying. They run into um, the grandfather hijinks ensue end of the world type stuff so it's like it's very predictable in that regard i'd say it pulls a lot from sort of the kind of pulp novels i would say like the adventure the pulp the, the oh, sci-fi okay. mixed with like the indiana jones type thing of like yesteryear which was not kind of cute to see in like um a 2022 lens uh and it's it's entertaining um it's just it's not i don't think this one's going to stick for me outside of the fact that it was really refreshing to see a queer character be a queer character and not a wink and a nudge. So from a Disney cartoon. So yeah, that was Strange World. Yeah, I've heard like it was cute kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's kind of all that I've heard about it. Because Jabuki Young is Jabuki Young White the kid. Yeah, he's he's Ethan the the, the queer oh, kid. Oh, mm-hmm. that's right. It just and it looks pretty again. Like I like you said with like the pulp novels. Like the poster looks like that, and I like mm-hmm. that. It's like that. It gives my eyes like. It's like eye candy, it looks like. It's very colorful. Like, that poster is is indicative of the way the, the movie looks. It's very cool. bright and colorful and lots of lots of different colors in it. Lots of pinks and purples and just, it's definitely giving me that 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 kind of pulp novel nostalgia. Cool. It's just the story is really predictable. So it's cute, entertaining, good animation, and yay for queer characters. Give us more. Thanks, Disney. <laughs> Finally. After their Disney's first queer character ever that's been like going on for the last for, for I don't like know. twenty years. It's like yeah. good lord. <laughs> Hard swing again? A gnarly revenge thriller. This is uh Bull starring <laughs> have you heard of this one? I don't think so. Okay, so Neil Maskell 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 stars in this. He played the lead guy in Kill List. You've seen, you've seen Kill List. We watched Kill, we watched Kill List. Yeah, I have seen Kill List. Mm -hmm. So he's the lead in Bull. Bull is a movie about a guy named Bull who after 10 years 
comes back for revenge on um, the mob who tried to kill him. Okay. And he's married to the le- the head of the mob's wife. No, no, hold on. Back it up. Back it up. Back it up. Back it up. <laughs> it's, like, it's a hard movie. It's a hard movie to explain because there's like so many weird family dynamics in this movie. But basically, okay. this guy's a mob enforcer. He marries into the mob. He is married. He is married to the mob boss's daughter. They have a kid. She's addicted to drugs. He is like, you are insane. And because he says that, like, whatever. And so this movie is about him coming. He's been gone mysteriously for 10 years. And he is back to kind of get revenge and get his son back. And what unfolds is this, like, fucking... It's, like, kind of, like, predictable slasher like revenge thriller what this guy is just like absolutely demolishing bodies like of people who wronged him and it's told in this kind this non-linear fashion of it's like it's a lot of flashbacks between like him him now and then him 10 years ago leading up to what like happened and why he disappeared the ending is very weird the ending i've seen this on letterbox it's gonna make or break the movie for some people I didn't feel I liked it. I had some problems with it, but just like it's wild. It's gross. Like it is absolutely like relentless in the violence. Like Wow. Yeah. So if you're looking for like a gnarly revenge movie where Neil Maskell's performance or Maskell's performance is absolutely unhinged. It is so good, but really scary. Like, I, I was very scared of him watching this movie. Like, there's a particular scene that involves a carnival and, like, a teacup ride where he is scream laughing and something else is happening around him. And it is, like, the most, like, one of the scariest things I've seen in a movie all year. <laughs> it was so unhinged. Like, it's wow. just so uncomfortable. See, I would have passed by this poster and not given it a second sh- uh, shot because this poster... The poster is shit. ...is dumb. It looks so cheesy. It's not. Like, the poster looks so cheesy. It's <laughs> and not... And this gun with, like, a flame. I it's know. Like, I'm it's like, so... what, what is going on here? And he's giving, like, his... I know. Like, yeah. so... It's not it. Megan Navarro put this on Bloody Disgusting's list, and I was curious... And, like, I, you know, I'm reading everyone's list because I just want to fucking know mm-hmm. what everyone watched this year. And I heard... I kept hearing about Bull, but seeing it on the list, I was like, all right... I, I should probably make the time to check this out. It's a revenge movie. We all know how I feel about those. And uh, yeah, it's um incredibly well done. Okay. It's nauseating, but <laughs> if you just Maybe. want like working class British people beating the shit out of each other, bold. Who doesn't? <laughs> Very specific <laughs> genre, but there's plenty yeah. of movies in that genre, I will say. Anyway. Okay. Yeah, so I, I again, that was another one for potentially being on the top 10. It's not on my top 10. It was like a very impressive ex- experience, I guess, is how I will describe yeah. it. <laughs> but now we're going to talk about, kind of talking of slashers, speaking of slashers, we are moving on to the sixth, sixth entry in the, fran- yes. in the Child's Play franchise with Mm-hmm. Curse of Chucky. I keep getting Curse and Cult of Chucky fucking mixed up. This is 2013's Curse of Chucky, starring Fiona Dourif. So I, I gotta know. I gotta know because, like, I, you did text me, and I'm curious. What did you What did you think of this one? So once again, we're fucking just doing a hard turn into oh. another like stratosphere. 
because we are back to slasher territory. And it's a fucking gothic slasher movie in an incredible giant house with a weird gothic elevator and a lot of candelabras uh, and Fiona Doran's uh, in a white nightgown in a wheelchair. Uh, oh my God. Straight out of a fucking Bronte novel. I swear to God. Right? This is Charlotte Bronte was a writer now. I bet she would write this movie. I hope, <laughs> I hope I don't get haunted for saying that, but... <laughs> I mean, could, could you imagine? I would love to be haunted by Charlotte Bronte. That's I Maybe. I, like, for a little bit, but it might get, like, really... Like, I like Bleak, but it might get, like, a little bit... Like, it might get a little much. And that's saying something for me. I have questions about this movie. Okay. Just, <laughs> so, okay. So, what we have here is an incredible setup <laughs> where Chucky is back. Shocking. And is mailed to the home of a woman named Nika, played by Fina Durf, who is in a wheelchair, and her mother. And in the box, it's a Chucky doll. It is. But it doesn't look like the Chucky doll from... No, he is clean. From the last ones. He has he has no scars. For no he is scars. Clean. What is happening? What is happening? So much is happening. How do I even begin to explain? So her mom dies. Her crazy sister who loves Jesus moves in. The little girl finds Chucky and all hell breaks loose over like one night. This it's a, it's a slasher and one, it's a single location slasher movie. And it's fucking incredible. Like we have gone from this kind of two campy Chucky movies where Chucky is like a wise cracking little asshole that you're like, it's like campy, 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 funny, 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 which I love. But then they're like, we're going right back into slasher territory. We're going to go full gothic, single location, weird haunted house vibe slasher. And Fiona Durf is going to play the daughter of Charles <laughs> Red? Well... No, right? I, no, no, not not daughter, but um, he wants her to be his daughter. Yes, okay. Because that was where her father, I, her father drowns, but I'm pretty sure Charles E. Ray killed him. Yes, and then kidnapped his wife while she was pregnant with Nika and wants to be a little family. But then performs a, a botched C-section, which results in Nika's paralyzation, Paral- mm, paralyzation, yeah. paralysis. Yeah. What? Like, the notes, Terry? I need to send you a screenshot. I was losing my fucking mind. <laughs> like, but I love, so I think what I love about this is that's so batshit, but it commits to the full batshit. Like, it doesn't. Oh, absolutely. Like, I'm sorry. It's a black and white flashback with the yellow of the sunflowers in the fucking scary yes. ass room where he has her trapped. Like, Don Mancini, you're a genius. Like, who does that? It's so good. <laughs> It's so ridiculous. And then manages to like stuff this story as a prequel to the original <laughs> Child's Play movie. What? But then, okay, so my big question here is like, okay, obviously at the end we have like Jennifer Tilly, Tiffany, Tiffany as, it's Tiffany as Jennifer Tilly who has obviously bleached her hair back and is now no longer trying to be, well, I don't, we don't know what's happening here, but it's Tiffany as Jennifer Tilly slits a guy's throat and is now mailing Chucky places. But then how did she factor into the relationship with Nika's mom? Like, did he, <laughs> did he, was was like, did they not know about each other? Is this addressed in, a, in the next movie? I have a lot of questions about how these relationships interconnect. Or am I overthinking 
the sixth installment of a franchise about a killer doll. I don't know. <laughs> Who's to say? Who's to oh. say? Um, I don't think oh. that ever gets addressed. It's serious? a good question. <laughs> I was like, wait, where does Tiffany come in? Because he didn't want kids with her. But he's saying he's a family man. So <laughs> I don't think that ever gets addressed. I'll be honest. Plot hole. How dare there be a plot hole in the slasher movie about a killer doll? I just had so many that I that with the introduction of that whole thing, I was like, wait, I need more lore here now. What I love is that there, you know, this was like initially like presented as a remake, sort of, and they were like trying to focus on it as not being a sequel. Oh. And I wonder if that's like a bit of subterfuge because by the by the end of it, you know, we get. <laughs> It's all connected and it's bringing things forward. You can definitely tell that like the budget wasn't as big. That's true because I think the the puppet for Chucky at some parts is like a little janky looking. Like there's a part specifically where the nanny is electrocuted and it looks like someone has his like their hand in his mouth like Kermit the Frog. And I'm like, ooh, that's not great. And there's a couple yeah, like CGI blood moments that seems like kind blood. of another yeah. fan and the the dining the dinner table scene goes on forever <laughs> where I they know. try to build like the drama of like who who's been poisoned but it's just exactly. like a bunch of people going it's eating chili <laughs> and staring at each other and like everyone has a reaction that like it's it's so like it felt very like agatha christie riff too though it was so fucking funny i also mm-hmm. just watched glass onion so i was laughing at the vibe that it gave from that i just i love this like twist back to something completely different and i also have yeah. it's gay again it's gay again with the yes with our incredible like dad flirting with the nanny and getting that like over the top like they're obviously fucking and then it's the the overly twist. religious mom and the nanny the webcam death when they're like, they're like skyping each other from like the other bedroom while her husband is in bed with her and she sees Ch- the wife sees chucky <laughs> pop up in the background i was like second screen horror <laughs> i was wondering i was waiting for that <laughs> and then well that and then we find out that he put a nanny cam in it and he made the live stream of chucky and i'm like chucky cam i want the found footage movie where it's the first person pov of chucky taking killer pov to the next level oh my god don mancini call me (laughs) yeah and there's a lot of uh a lot of endings to this movie (laughs) yeah you think i was like i was like okay cool so this is the end i saw there's 10 minutes left i'm like the credits can't be that long can they (laughs) i i love i did love that when when tiff pops up at the back or you know jennifer she's like it's always so easy because that's how she got you know the chucky doll back in bride of chucky was luring a, a cop to to his death and then she does it again love that moment god she's so good i, I love that when they reveal her in that like in that sting they like cut to like the credit like the credit like and jennifer tilly as tiffany valentine like they're hi- like obviously they were hiding it in the opening credits and mm-hmm. then we have there's something at the end too well, that reveals another person you wouldn't have expected. Alex Vincent, who plays the original Andy. Andy, he's back. He's the very end. I know. I think I also like, but I re- what I did really like though is so Nika's in a wheelchair this entire movie, and I love that we finally have um, a disabled final girl, and how you know obviously there's issues with having a per- like a you know a person an, an able-bodied person in a wheelchair portraying someone that needs a wheelchair. 
But I still think there's some interesting things used with that and not trying to make her, like, as a victim. And I think I really liked how they used her disability to build tension, but not in a way that made her, like, a victim. Which I was, like, I was actually really surprised about. Again, for, like... And it seems a little bit, like, actually pretty, like, anti-ableist in terms of how, like, Nika's sister wants to put her in a disability home because she doesn't want to care for her. And Nika's like, I'm fine. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm getting around just fine and her sister just doesn't want to deal with her so there's a lot of like interesting kind of pokes at ableism and how people treat disabled or like not able-bodied people and i was pretty impressed i was like that beats me really doing what he can with his movies so i'm excited to watch cult of chucky and see more fiona duraf in these movies because she's really hot the end she is really hot She's really hot. I agree. It is. It is sad that we don't have um, a disabled person playing a dis- uh, a person that is able to to walk. Yeah. But I do think there is a reason for that, as we will see in the next movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool. Sounds good. A little bit of a a little well, stinger there for you. Little little teaser teaser. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what, what do you think about these movies now that we're like six episodes into seven movies? I'm obsessed. I love Child's Play. Like, one of the most consistently fun franchises I've ever watched. And like, this is, like, we're on the sixth one. Like, it's not small. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've been so impressed. Like, really the only kind of stinker was Child's Play 3 for me. And like, Same. that was still kind of fun. But... It had some moments. I just am so impressed with all of these movies and how it really like Mancini isn't scared to do a full tonal shift mm-hmm. because he's so it's his baby so like he knows the character and like the core lore so well that no matter what direction that he takes it it's still like always Chucky I think because it's always Don Mancini too you know what I mean like it's not being handed off and shifted to a bunch of different people that's not trying to shade anyone who's ever written like for a franchise, but like right. I think having him be that consistent voice through all of mm-hmm. it is what makes it so incredible because he yeah. cares, like because he's so in it. I'm really excited to introduce you to Colt, and then I'm I'm honestly really excited to go into the television series uh, because you talk too. about <clears throat> bat shit. There is some moments in here that I just I cannot wait to talk to you about that I've seen because I've I have not watched all of season two and I was so okay. once we started doing this I was like I'm gonna put a pause in it and I'll watch it once we're you know caught up but boy talk about a talk about a series that is able to reinvent itself constantly while respecting everything that came before which is wild to me I'm so glad I'm on the Chucky train <laughs> woo woo. Whatever. I'm your friend to the end. Brad Dourif is so hot in this movie. I hate myself, but he's just so hot. I have a problem. Um, So anyway. Oh, just wait until (laughs) we have Fiona Dourif playing I don't. I don't want to talk about it because I've already seen pictures. And I'm like, I need to go to prison. (laughs) So we're watching Uh, Cult of Chucky next week. But then what's... uh, What's our episode on Monday? It's a little bit different. Yeah. Our Monday episode is we are counting down the top 10 of the year. We're talking about festival favorites to keep an eye on. We're talking about some maybe our favorite moments from the year. It's just going to be a whole 
year of 2022 celebration slash good riddance in, in some ways <laughs> as we please look forward listen, to 23. Please listen. I spent too goddamn long putting together these lists because I've watched so many good movies this year. So listen to yeah. the fruits of our agon- agonizing it. labor. <laughs> <laughs> but listeners, you've heard from us. We want to hear from you. Did you watch something that we watched this week and have thoughts? Do you have suggestions for things for us to cover on the pod? You can let us know by sending us an email at scarredforlifepodcast at gmail.com, or you can reach out to us directly on Twitter. I am at MB McAndrews. And I'm a Gaily Dreadful. And of course, don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter at Scar Podcast. Please don't forget to review, rate, subscribe on iTunes and Spotify and wherever you're able to do that on. And sign up for Patreon. You know, we're starting a whole new year. Uh, this will be our first first full year of doing Patreon. And we're starting off with The Orphanage, which is a movie that fucked me up as a young adult. And you'll get to hear about that. Yay! And you get to watch us be silly uh, for little cuts. Yeah. It's a treat, I promise you. See, you could see those really cute faces, making cute faces at you, asking us, asking you to become a patron. Or the anyway. dinner scene, where it was just quiet, and if you're listening to us on the podcast, you'd be like, this is dead air. It's us doing things. Yeah, it's us doing things. It's not just like, I cut a lot of dead air when we edit. Anyway, uh, anyway, uh, thanks, <laughs> <laughs> thanks to Eric Power for our artwork. Thank you to Sean Keller for our music. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please stay safe out there, but most importantly, stay creepy. And we hope you guys all had a, a good holiday and happy new year. Yeah. Happy but New until next year. year. Oh. <laughs> oh, won't somebody please think of the children? powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.